let me say hello to our regular Thursday guest, New York Times bestselling author, co-host of Fox and Friends on Fox News, nationally syndicated radio talk show host, one of the most listened to in the country, uh, the one and only Brian Kilmeade. Brian, it's great to talk with you again. Uh, what's going on, Frank? Well, you know, everybody is talking about the interview that you did with uh, Ron DeSantis. It's made a ton of news, not just uh, nationally, but internationally, quite frankly. And you really uh, boiled you bro- boiled it down to brass tacks and uh, made news with whether or not he's going to run for president or not. Am I wrong to assume that there's an the excellent chance you're running for president? So what I would say is we've got a lot of support. A lot of people want us to do it. Um, I've got business to attend to. This book is part of that. My legislative session is part of that. Uh, so we get on the end of that in a couple months. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to see um, see where it goes. But I do think it's not all just about who ends up running for president. That's, that's important because I think nationally we need a change in direction. Uh, but I think our individual states do have the capacity to drive the national agenda. You know, Florida drove the national agenda on so many things, on having kids in school during COVID, on opposing the, the, the employer vax mandates and things like that. Education, we've led the way. Uh, I like to see a competition amongst all the, all the red states about you know, who can kind of outdo each other. So right. I do think it's a blueprint for other states. I do think it can be applied nationally. But it's less about me than about, I think, the underlying principles uh, that we need to restore mm-hmm. our country. Brian, after interviewing him, what was your takeaway in terms of whether or not he's running? I think he's running. I don't think he's any doubt about it. I read, I read the whole book. The whole thing, Blueprint Florida, Blueprint for the rest of the country. And one of my questions was, what makes you think it's going to work any, uh, everywhere? You know, obviously it's worked in Florida. and Nobody challenges that. Nobody. So how do you do it in Illinois? How do you do it here in New York? You're going to bring that blueprint? Oh, really? The people that want to up your taxes, want to put 800,000 low-income housings into neighborhoods without even asking? 800,000 people into Long Island? That's what they're proposing? Do you think that would ever happen in Florida? You know, you see see what's happening now with criminal justice reform? The blueprint in Florida is back the cops, fund the cops. Is that the feeling here where they just lowered their standards for the NYPD because some of these candidates can't run one and a half miles? So that's the problem. Uh, I love the blueprint. And everybody in Florida loves the blueprint. He won by 19 points. See, they love the way corporate America has been hamstrung, the way the people go into schools and trying to learn math and science and not teaching third graders uh, what sex is. They love that. But a lot of California is not going to take that. Uh, Maryland's not going to take that. So that's the question. You know, how do you get moderates? How do you get independents to vote for you? Because if it's about winning and losing, and that's what it's all about, whether it's sports or politics or life, you can't win with your your party alone. It, you know, it's funny. His likely opponent in the Republican primary is obviously former President Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been on a uh, tirade uh, bashing uh, Fox. I, I won't reiterate to you all the things that he's been posting on so- Truth Social, but he's uh, unloading both barrels on uh, on Fox, calling them a rhino network, uh, saying uh, if Murdoch uh, doesn't believe that uh, the election wasn't stolen, then he has no business in the news business. Is this strategic on the part of Trump or is this just him lashing out because he doesn't like some of the coverage that Fox has been doing? 
I mean, that's a common refrain with President Trump. I mean, remember, he did not show up for a Fox debate in 2016. He had a rally for troops or for uh, for military instead of showing up. Uh, he's constantly, if you look back at his tweets, constantly railing against different coverage, different personalities on Fox. That's his thing. And, you know, some people might look at, well, Governor DeSantis took out Andrea Mitchell because she was, you know, mm-hmm. he did, it was a smart thing to do because he turned to you because you just mischaracterized uh, something I passed and I wrote that's not what it is. And she says, OK, he thought the apology was terrible. He's I'm not doing interviews with you anymore. And then remember 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes says you're only giving vaccines to people that voted for you, giving it to supermarkets to distribute because they contributed to you. He blew them. Ron DeSantis blew him up. So, you know, it just does that he doesn't have his own, you know, he's not big on Twitter. He communicates differently. But that, believe me, they're going to, I'm sure that Ron DeSantis is going to feel that way. Maybe Nikki Haley is going to feel that way. Maybe after a, a Republican debate, if uh, uh, Nikki, you know, you might have Mike Pompeo saying, does anyone comment on my on my exchanges that I had with with, uh, you know, with with different people, whoever get ends up on that stage with Vivek Ramaswamy or whoever. So I just think that that's the president's thing. He pushes and he pulls and he uh, he's combative. You remember he was kind enough to do this horrible thing called talk to the press. You got a president right now that doesn't ever talk to the press. But what President Trump would do, he'd spar at you. I watched you during the day. You're terrible. Oh, you're so unfair. What's your question? So that's that's President Trump. Uh, Brian, it's Obi Murray. How are you? Good to catch you again. Uh, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, well, thanks uh, for having me on. <laughs> it's Frank's show. I'm just a guest here, too. But the question also becomes, how does he beat President Trump in the primary. And as Frank says, he's not talking to certain people. And you you point out bringing the message of Florida to the rest of the country. And where's that going to go for the independents and and the swing voters? But before he gets to that point, he's got to beat Donald Trump in the primary. And I haven't seen the polling that says he can yet. Right. Uh, Four polls, five polls have Trump leading. And and I think that's got to make the Trump camp feel good. And I thought it was genius and instinctively correct for Donald Trump to go to Palestine. Nobody else shown up, really. I mean, Buttigieg shows up at 7 in the morning scared to death, dressed in a costume that he, that he probably got at a Party City. And then you, uh, you know, actually I got to give credit to the EPA director for showing up. And then for the most part, he has not had a lunch or dinner with white supremacists. That's always a plus <laughs> for a candidate. Uh, the other thing is, remember, Barack Obama was getting crushed by Hillary Clinton. Crushed. Right. And when said, no, he was trailing. By, I never forget when he got in in that freezing day when he announced he was down by 22 points. I'm thinking to myself, wow, I wonder if this is the right time for this guy. He looks like he's 22 years old. And he obviously crushed her early. Hillary would rally late. So I would not get caught up in early polls. And I just think that because our your show in particular, Frank, you cover this stuff. We cover it on Fox. A lot of people don't know DeSantis. Mm. You know, a lot of people, it's not just, a, it's, I don't think it's two-man race. Nikki Haley was in yesterday. I think Nikki Haley's going to be good. I, I find it hard to say that uh, Vivek Ramaswamy uh, will probably force uh, elevate the conversation. The guy's a young genius. But I also think that uh, Tim Scott is about two or three weeks away. How do you dismiss him? I mean, yeah, you, and- I've, I've been in South Carolina. I walk around the streets with him. He, it, it's like walking around with, uh, 
with uh, Tom Cruise, not Ted Cruise. Right. And, um, you know, uh, Glenn Youngkin, Governor Youngkin, was here yesterday having lunch with one of your guests this week, John Katsimatidis. I don't think he'd be uh, so solicitous of taking John Katsimatidis to lunch if uh, he wasn't planning for something big come uh, 2024. And I do wonder how much the wide field of candidates not named Trump actually helps Trump in the primary. But you could drive yourself crazy exploring all these possibilities. Let in me a ask- fun way, though. This is yeah. fun, though. It right? is fun. To me, it is. Uh, but obviously, there are yeah. very big stakes here. Brian, you t- I think, Brian, yesterday you talked about the Yunkin uh, dilemma, almost. He's got one-termer on your show. You're talking about that. It kind of frees him up. Instead of people saying, hey, what are you doing? You just got the job. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in business. Uh, and, and you've just got the job a year and a half. There's so much to do in Virginia. It's a purple state. Uh, everyone's going to be vying for it. Instead, he's like, well, listen, you know I'm out of here in four years. So don't even say I'm, um, I'm not focusing on my job. I, you know, I think one month in or two months in, I had a chance to spend a day with Glenn Youngkin. The guy's unbelievably organized, photographic memory, looks at his script. It was like it was in teleprompter. I'm so jealous. <laughs> He's got, he is, you know what I like about it, guys? I want people elected in office that are clearly the, the kids with the hand up, smartest in the classroom. And I think with Youngkin, he's that kid who also was a Division One basketball player mm. on a full ride in college. So you can't just say he just loved to study the books. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But uh, I think that Glenn Youngkin brings a lot to the table. And I thought his greatest weakness was China. But guess who's been unbelievably aggressive on China? And it's Youngkin because Youngkin's, uh, uh, Youngkin spent so much time doing business in China. In fact, Trump leaned on him and saluted him in phase one of the China deal that got overwhelmed because of the pandemic that came through three weeks later. So uh, I find it hard to dismiss him, too. He's a little he's a very nice guy. And I just think it's going to get really ugly on that uh, debate stage if he gets in. Well, I think one of the things, too, you look at with Youngkin, he he was elected one year after the president. And therefore, if he were to stay as governor and not run this time, he can do lay the groundwork and be all set so that the next presidential race in 2028. You'll have an open seat, unequivocal. Yeah, because I, both I, guys, President Biden and President Trump, would be one-termers. No matter what happens, Trump's gone and Biden's gone after this election. Right, and and I think whoever the nominee is, Youngkin would have to be on their uh, their shortlist. Talking to Brian Kilmeade, catch him on Fox and Friends, catch him on his own nationally syndicated radio uh, program, Mid Morning. Uh, Brian, one thing that uh, was very interesting is that the there was this week, a Tuesday night, I think it was. The House Select Committee on China had a fairly tame, very respectful, very substantive, no fireworks, primetime, bipartisan hearing that focused on the Chinese government's human rights abuses. They discussed onshoring manufacturing and warned about TikTok and vulnerable personal data. Where where do you see these hearings going? Uh, Obi and I were just talking off air. Certainly very different in both tone and substance from, say, something like the January 6th committee hearings, which also took place in prime time. I, I think that's a great point, Frank, which, by the way, are you up 24 hours? I mean, if you're watching prime time, uh, <laughs> did you phone it in yesterday? Were you in a coma uh, for to be watching this? But I would say that Mike Gallagher should go out of the way. Uh, my hope is he just meets with some Democrats that he thinks are serious and go, guys, uh, as lo- let's try to keep this as bipartisan possible so our infighting doesn't become the story. Because what I think we're doing, what they're trying to do is educate the American public for legislation that should be coming. And it's going to be talked about on the debate stage for 
Uh, it's going to be talked about on the stump with Joe Biden, I think, if he has a brain in his head, and for Republicans on the stage. So what you're doing is trying to educate the American people. You put people out there that know, like H.R. McMaster, that know these, uh, the magnitude of the problem, that talked about how pervasive it is to them buying charter schools and boarding schools, to put giving University of Pennsylvania $300 million and what they're doing on universities on every level. So if you can explain that to people and then tell them you got to turn around and take to get that TikTok away from your 13-year-old, that's coming down the pike. Mm. So I I like it. I like it. And Mike Gallagher seemed to me when he first, they first got named by McCarthy as head of this brand-new China Select Committee, he said, you know, I'm going to do it. I hope to get Democrats supported. He, he didn't sound optimistic. He is. Uh, now he's he was pretty pleased. And that's after the that marathon debate to find out who the speaker was. They had a chance to really mingle with Democrats. And Gallagher came back and said, I actually think I'm going to get some Democrats on my committee that are going to take part in this. And sure enough, he got 10. And, and you know, Brian, you mentioned TikTok. The other question was, where's, are you, where are U.S. investors going to invest their money? And the question is, why are they going to go to China when that's listed by BlackRock as one of the top places to invest your money? And that was a big question there. How do we get them off of that and say invest somewhere else besides China? Right. You know, uh, I, I, that's some great questions that I'd love to get these CEOs on from the CEO of Ford. Uh, you know, uh, BlackRock's been the biggest embarrassment. I mean, think about this. Uh, BlackRock's out there touting China still, you know, what they're investing in while, while divesting from anything oil and gas in this country, even though it would that doesn't maximize profits for their shareholders. So we got to find out who the, where loyalty lies. There's a lot of people, uh, Dalio. As well, he keeps saying, well, you know, this is a rough spot for America and China, but they'll get through it. I'm going to stay I'm going to stay uh, bullish on China. Really? Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, you're the, one of the richest men of the world. Can you possibly be a little bit red, white and blue for one time in your life? And what you got to do is shame these people into doing it. And once one place to start is Democrats and Republicans uh, telling mm. Nike, which, by the way, is moving a lot of stuff out. Adidas moving a lot of their manufacturing out. Uh, believe it or not, Apple moving a lot of the manufacturing out and and salute them while condemning others. Uh, Brian, what do you have coming up on uh, both Fox and Friends and radio today? Uh, John Castamatiti is going to be on Fox and Friends at 630. Uh, his books were excellent. Uh, talking about, you know, basically what he went through as a self-made. Uh, we're mentioned on the same page, by the way. Yeah. So we, uh, OK. Yes. Yeah, I'm honored. That's right. Yeah. Um, now we know, and, you know a, lot of the, a lot of the stuff I had no idea about, mm. like how he started and what happened with his family. But I'm going to uh, talk to him about that. Uh, we're also uh, on our show today. I got a great roster of guests. Uh, Haley Barber ran the RNC. He's going to talk about what we just talked about, about Donald Trump leading. What does it mean this early? Uh, Senator Daines, he's come out and he knows he wants to see if he could uh, get John Tester out of there. Uh, he's uh, sharing that uh, the, his state uh, with him. Senator Daines is going to be on with us, too. He's also going to talk about the lack of transparency with the Justice Department yesterday. Uh, Mark Thiessen's going to be there. Steve Moore, as you know, hosts the show, and we'll do a simulcast on Varney mm-hmm. and Company. And Dr., uh, Dr. Marty McCary will talk about what we now know about the masks, vaccine, myocarditis, everything, how, how we were misled and why this administration is going out of their way not to find out where the origins of this virus is. So Dr. Marty McCary will be there. Well, it's going to be an action-packed show. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it, as always. 
Uh, also, Mike DeWine joining us on television on the Toxic Train debate. Oh, boy. So uh, it's going to be, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, no kidding. All right, Brian, thanks as always. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Go get him, Frank. Thank Thanks. you. If you want to comment on uh, any portion of our conversation, give me a call. 800-848-9222. We'll also do 15 seconds of fame in a moment. Frank Morano here with Obi Murray. You can be heard at 800-848-9222 for 15 seconds straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.